Mojo Store. What's up, everyone? And this is the Dojo Storm podcast. I am your host, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Black Belt, Shane Mount, and I'm joined by my co-host, the lovely, spazzy, yet wonderful, Ashley Wiedner. Say hi, Ashley. (laughs) Hello. How are you? I'm doing well. Excellent. So this is the first episode of our podcast. We are self-admitted Jiu-Jitsu podcast white belts. So bear with us. We're, we're trying to figure this out and get it going. So, episode one. I figure we'll just start at the very beginning. Um, what this podcast is all about and why we wanted to do it. So a lot of you guys listen to podcasts, and there's a lot of good ones out there. But they seem to kind of cater to people who are a little bit more in tune with professional jiu-jitsu, big-name black belts, world champions, uh, events, event recaps, things like that. And we decided that we needed something... For the regular jiu-jitsu person, for someone who's new, probably white belt to blue belt, people who have questions, things they want to talk about or things they're curious about, maybe things they're afraid to ask their professor or instructor. So we figured this would be a good format to do something like that. So we are not world champions, neither of us. Neither of us are Brazilian. Ashley, you're not Brazilian, right? Nope. Especially not a champion. (laughs) Excellent. So... This is the Everyday Average Joe Jiu-Jitsu podcast. So that's basically what this is all about. We're not going to be going into depth on events or Gordon Ryan's current hair color, who's feuding with Hugh on Instagram, (laughs) uh, who's left what team to go where. There will be no PEDS accusations. Um, We're just here to talk about Jiu-Jitsu and and have a good time. So that's that's the whole idea here. And uh, it's not going to be a weekly recap or IBJJF standings or getting into any of those things there's there's other good podcasts out there for that and I should definitely check those out but this is definitely not going to be that so I guess we should just start off with basically how we got into jiu-jitsu and um, that'll probably lead into why we decided to really get into maybe doing a, a jiu-jitsu podcast so let's just start with you Ashley like uh, how long have you been training um, where do you train just kind of just tell us about how you got into it Okay, so I've been training for about four months. I just knew that I needed something different in my life. Um, Never heard of jiu-jitsu before four months ago. I mean, really, I I saw someone doing it on social media one time. They posted something about getting a stripe on their belt. Had no idea what that meant. Um, But went through some traumatic events in my life and I wanted to feel powerful and make a change and so I got on Google and I looked up local jiu-jitsu academies um, and I picked one that had a lion head and it um, basically from like my Christian past I thought that it would be really interesting and maybe was like a sign somehow that I needed to go in there so so what's the name of the actual academy that you're at? The academy I, I train at is Rain Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, and who is your instructor? <laughs> Shane Mount. Oh, that's me. <laughs> that's right. So I uh, Ashley is one of my students. And um, when she came in, she was going through some things. And I could just tell, like, this is something this, is something this person needs to do. Um, so, so now, fast forward four months. You, uh, you've been a, a student of mine for four months. Um, you have... You're pretty much training six days a week, almost some days twice a day. So you're, you're going way above and beyond what the average new person does. Um, talk to me a little bit about, you said you wanted to kind of make some change and feel some strength. What are you feeling now? How is, like, compared to your version of yourself now compared to when you first walked in? Like, mm-hmm. have you have you found what you were looking for? Yeah, it, I mean, it's super cliche, but I've heard it already in the past four months by, like, everybody who trains jujitsu. Jiu-Jitsu saved my life. Um, it basically made me stronger in every possible way, mentally, physically, I lost 25 pounds. I've gained muscle in my upper body, which I've never been able to do in my adult life, especially like as a woman, I'm a lot stronger in my lower body. Um, I'm more confident. 
Um, and it even carries over into things like raising my daughter and work and, and, and your daughter actually just started jiu-jitsu too as well, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's three and a half. Um, we started her in the pre-K kindergarten kids class. <laughs> <laughs> and the first class was so terrible. <laughs> I thought she would never do it again, but she's doing really well. And she she even like corrects me on certain things. And I mean, I think it'll just be really fantastic for her in conjunction with Starting preschool. So you're saying your three-and-a-half-year-old <laughs> daughter's jiu-jitsu is better than yours currently. I'm pretty sure you'd agree with that. <laughs> I, I do think you guys have the same amount of stripes on your white belt, yeah, which is do. pretty impressive. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure we'll touch on this in other episodes, but I have a really hard time with learning new things. I'm No. <laughs> a white belt with a hard time learning. Next, she's well, going to tell us she has a hard time <laughs> listening and following instructions. <laughs> yes, that's that's in my list of really redeeming qualities. Excellent. Well, <laughs> I think, like, especially me being a white belt and talking with a black belt who's been doing this their whole life, especially with, like, a wrestling background. I don't have any type of wrestling background at all. And not knowing what any type of martial arts was before four months ago, I'm really like an average person and and being a woman, like it was terrifying to walk into the academy and um, put on the gi and I didn't even know what a gi was and like tying my belt for the first time, you know. All right, so let's talk about that then. So (laughs) you you contacted contacted our academy and you wanted to schedule a trial. Um, What was the thought process from the car car ride in from your house to the first class where you're like oh god what am I doing like it wasn't even the car ride (laughs) it was like the whole day like I couldn't even focus on anything because I knew my class was that night I wasn't really sure what to do I read like all the all the stuff that you're supposed to do before you go to class so like I took off all my makeup I like made sure I didn't have any earrings in and like you know jewelry or whatever and I was like okay so I'm supposed to wear comfy clothes but this guy like asked me for my size and he wants me to like put this uniform on and I had no idea what that was. So yeah, it was um, really scary. Yeah. So did you think at all like, like, oh man, all these people in this room are going to like, they're going to kick my ass or like, I, I don't know what to do. Like somebody's going to break my arm or like they, these crazy thoughts go through your head on the way in. No, honestly, because like I said, I didn't even know what jujitsu was like not even the basics. I, I really didn't do any homework before. I just so when you <laughs> walked in and we weren't jumping around and like breaking <laughs> boards and swinging swords everywhere, were you like kind of a little bit let down? No, not no. at all. No, I honestly, my first thoughts, well, especially like choosing the academy was the website was so clean. And um, I saw the picture of, I think it was you and your instructor. Mm-hmm. And so I saw that and I was like, wow, this is... That's Hobson Mora, by the way. Shameless plug. That's a Hobson Mora black belt. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I was, um, I didn't, yeah, like I said, I didn't really know what it was. Um, And I saw everybody bowing before they got got on the mat. And that was really what I was looking for. I was looking for the structure. I was looking for a a teammate type sport. I think maybe so. You've never played team sports or really been a part of any anything like that before, have you? No, I have. You have? Oh, yeah. Okay. What did you play? Um, I've I have a background in track and field. I have that's right. You told me that that's soccer, right. hockey. Oh, now I'm learning. I'm learning as you learn. <laughs> track and field came up, but the soccer and hockey didn't. Um, if you've ever seen Ash during the warm ups. <laughs> you're also going to have the same uh, hilarious mental image right now that I'm having of her playing <laughs> soccer. Uh, we really need to get video of you doing the warm-ups. Why? It's <laughs> uh, that bad? No it's, no, it's not that it's that bad. It's like, um, did you ever see Bambi, like, when oh you walked out on the ice? And <laughs> it's kind of Still, <laughs> even four months later, no, that's you, what I look you've like. You've gotten better. You've gotten better. Um, so, yeah, let's talk about that then. Because um, I know when I talk to a lot of new students – it seems to be like the hardest part of jiu-jitsu in the beginning is knowing where to be and what to do. Um, so the class lines up, they, uh, we, you know, we bow in, and then suddenly you know, everyone's running in a circle and then backwards and to the side. And like, 
what was going through your head? Like, it was exactly what I was looking for. Um, because not only have I, I have been a part of team sports, but I've also have a background in dance. Um, so that was very similar. Like you line up and you go across the floor and you do stuff like that in dance class. So it was, it was like I was home. That's okay. where I was supposed so to be. So would you say that your dance experience has helped you in jiu-jitsu whatsoever? No. In fact, I'd probably say it's harmed me more than anything. I would strongly agree. <laughs> it's very difficult to break some of those habits, and it is so different. I don't think it's just you. I mean, most of the things that happen on a jiu-jitsu mat are just completely counterintuitive to what you would ever do in your, your everyday life. You know, simple things like most people, when they're about to fall, they reach out to try to catch themselves and you know in, in your first week of jiu-jitsu at any you know reputable academy you're gonna learn to break fall which is the exact opposite of right. not catching yourself um people come in from all different sports uh, wrestling football whatever and i think a lot of people have a hard time adapting and just really the most important part especially in that first 30 days is just just go always just go even mm-hmm. if you don't know what's going on just just go and like do it wrong and laugh at yourself and nine times out of ten if you look around even like you know the blue belts and purple belts and stuff like they're not always perfect either and they're also pretty laughable at times Mm -hmm. so you got to be able to laugh at yourself and uh, if you're on a good team you can laugh at your teammates because they're also laughing at you and uh, no one's really taking anything personal so okay we made it past the car ride in Mm -hmm. bowing in bambi's first (laughs) (laughs) warm-ups and then do you remember uh what you were learning on your first class? I don't yeah. remember. I have no clue. I so. remember exactly what it was. Okay, what were you going over? It was armbar. Armbar from? Oh. <laughs> oh. I don't remember. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I have no clue. I can't remember where we were at in the curriculum when you I came through. I think it was Mount, but I don't remember. Full Mount? Yeah. I think so. Okay. So that was probably like the first time you have ever practiced trying to break a limb. Mm-hmm. So what was that like? It was really awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it was, I mean, I've never done anything like that before, and it was um, empowering, scary. Yeah. So did you ever have the thought, like, oh, man, one of these people who I don't know is going to hurt me? No, never. No? Not until at least a month in was I really afraid of hurting someone else. (laughs) (laughs) I never was afraid of getting hurt. Like, I had no, like, especially at that time in my life, I had no regard for myself and like that that's why I was there right so but one of the things I don't think I've ever told you this one of the things that like solidified like within the first 20 minutes of class and doing warm-ups I knew I was going to come back and I knew I was probably never going to leave as long as the academy is open was just like the feeling of being a part of something greater than myself Um, and the way that you and like a few other teammates were encouraging me, like you got this, like, are you sure you didn't come from another Academy? Like, is this a sting? Like, I'll never forget that you said that to me. We just wanted your money. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I know that now. (laughs) And I knew that you were like trying to get me to come back, but I just, it felt so good to be a part of something, especially with like everything that was going on in the world, you know, with COVID and everything. So it was so nice to have other humans encouraging me. And that was so important for my development in jujitsu. Sure. And I think that's one of the, the things with jujitsu, um, also like wrestling. They're, they're individual sports, but we train and we prepare and we learn in a team environment. So even when we compete, and you have competed, but we're gonna, we'll cover that later. Um, they <laughs> may say that for another episode. Let's just never talk about it. Oh no, that, that doesn't, (laughs) that happened and and it's going out there. Um, but you, you train and you prepare in a team environment and it's really important to be able to be able to feed off the energy of your teammates, um, and Mm -hmm. and, and take their ups and their downs and just kind of make that work. So it's, it's really cool that you picked up on that in that first 20 minutes because some people it takes them a little bit longer to to even figure out, Hey, I'm part of something. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's really cool. So we've, we've gone through the class, um, did you roll on your first day? Because I don't remember. Oh, yes. I remember. Did you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I rolled with you. Oh. I rolled with someone else, too. I don't remember, but I remember rolling with you. Oh, no. 
<laughs> you asked me, and and it's funny now, like watching new people join the the academy and like watching them be so afraid and don't want to roll. I never felt like that. I was like, yes, I'm here. I want to like, That's I want cool. to do this. I want to, I want to learn. Yeah. I, was I, th- so I think for a lot of people, like the class starts nice and the, the warm up is kind of confusing at sometimes. And, and our, and for those of you who, are, who don't train with us or who are just kind of tuning in, our warm up is nothing crazy. It's not probably any different than what happens in your academy, but think back to your first class as an adult, you've never tumbled across the mat or slid down on your back and mm-hmm. everything has a name and, and everyone's kind of just moving and there's a system to it. It's like this giant snake or caterpillar and people are rolling here and hip escaping there and you don't even know what a hip escape is and you're, you're just kind of flailing. And um, so I think it's a lot to take in. And then the class kind of comes to like a calm, like, mm-hmm. all right, here's this guy or, or girl and he's teaching this thing. And we're all watching, we're asking questions, and then we're going to break off into these little safe corners of the mat where I have this partner um, who's going to help me out. And like, hey, this isn't so bad. Mm-hmm. And then you hear, all right, it's time to train. And everyone's grabbing water. You know, some people are popping mouth guards in or, or whatever. And uh, suddenly there's this slapping of hands, bumping of knuckles, <laughs> and then people are simulating homicide <laughs> right in front of you. And you're like, holy shit, like, where am I? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm watching people get choked and the arms twisted and like so what was that was did you roll the first round or did you watch Mm. usually I have people watch around but I can't I can't remember your first class at all I'm pretty sure I watched the first round but I definitely after you asked me got in I was like yes I want to roll so your first roll do you remember it Uh uh-huh was it was your first roll was me yes oh that sucks yeah you I like (laughs) I (laughs) I got my legs and arms around you somehow and you picked me up and I was like a monkey and you just were like walking around the mat with me, like holding on to you. I did that in the kids class a lot. Mm-hmm. Oh. And I didn't know what I was doing. So I just like held on and didn't let go. And <laughs> you kept saying like, wow, she's so strong. And I was like, cool, I must be doing something right. <laughs> and I look back and I'm like, oh God, oh my God, how embarrassing. Man, I do not remember. I don't remember rolling with you at all, and mm-hmm. that, that's yeah. I'll never forget. That sucks. Did did I submit you at all? I honestly no. I don't think so. You were just you were trying to teach me, like okay, yeah. remember what we just learned. Like you can get to here from here. Put your arm here. You were trying to teach me how to get right. to an arm bar. Yeah, usually I don't. I try not to submit people unless they have like a, a attitude that needs regulated. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't. I just I don't remember. <laughs> I didn't even remember you when I rolled. So then you and I rolled your first round, mm-hmm. and then do you remember your second roll? Um, I think my training partner rolled with me. Which was? Jen. Jen. Okay. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So Jen's been, Jen's coming up on two years, so she's got some experience, still a white belt, but um, so what was that like? So that's someone who's kind of your size. Um, it was the pressure. Yeah. That was really scary, yeah. but that wasn't. I mean, so you mean like, like the pressure of people watching or like the actual physical contact pressure? Yeah. Contact pressure. Because like when you're drilling, you're not really putting your full pressure. And then when you roll, you're putting more pressure onto it, uh, onto that, onto your partner. So it's a completely different feeling. Was it impressive that someone like your size and you and you and Jen are about like the same age range too, I believe. I think so. And you know, she's also a you know, single mom and mm-hmm. um, so it was basically like like a mirror of yourself. Were you impressed with like how much like pressure and control that someone your size could, you know, exert? Yeah. I thought it was incredible and like I said, I don't have a wrestling background, so I mean just for her to be on top of me like that was really scary but I also in my mind was like I want to be able to do that I want to feel strong like that I I need to learn how to do that that's cool so and it you're lucky for you I know like you know a lot of females I talk to who are new to jiu-jitsu are joining academies where I think it's getting easier now because more and more females are getting involved in the sport Uh, however years ago when a female would walk into a jiu-jitsu academy she was the only one that Mm -hmm. was it you know um so it's good that on your first day you got a chance to roll with not only another female, but actually 
kind of another female in your age range, your mm-hmm. size, your your life situation. Like, yeah. So did, do you think that helped at all? Like, okay, this is where I want to be because there are other people just like me here or? She was super nice. Yeah, she definitely helped me feel comfortable in the academy. But I watched the, the other people roll and I, I wanted to be like that. I, you know, you say this a lot when we're in the academy. Like, if you don't want anybody else's life or nobody else is challenging you in that room, you're in the wrong room. Oh, absolutely. Um, like, you know, that's how I felt. Yeah, I, I guess I do say that quite a bit. And, you know, and that's, we're not telling, or I'm not telling anyone who, who might be listening or to, to leave your school. You know? <laughs> um, but if you are in a place where you're not being challenged, you're not being you know, uh, regularly compromised, you know, put in bad spots and submitted, you, you need to be tapping. Um, you know, that was, that was one of the big takeaways that, um, I'm super fortunate to train with someone as, as well known as professor Hobson. You know, he's a eight time world champion, hall of fame guy. It's a very, very high level jujitsu guy. And when he was telling me, he's like, I love tapping, you know, I, I love it. And when, when one of my teammates will put me in a bad position and, and, tap me out or when one of my students will catch me and I thought that was weird that's not what I expected would come from someone at that level and um, he was like no because every time every time I tap there's like a weakness or a hole in my game being exposed and uh, if it wouldn't be for that that encounter you know then I would never know and so I would much rather that be exposed by someone that that I know and you know kind of care about and um, then to prepare really hard for competition and travel and hotels and airplane tickets and all the expenses and get into a tournament and have that same weakness exposed and it be the difference between winning and losing, mm-hmm. you know? So I think if you're not, if you're not tapping often, um, you're, there's one of two things happening. Either you're not taking enough chances in your training or, um, you're training in the wrong place. And then you need to have a conversation with your professor. If you think that, Hey, maybe I'm, maybe there's another class, uh, a more advanced class, or maybe, um, I don't know, it, it just may not be the right location for you. And then there's the other side too, where if every day in the parking lot of jiu-jitsu before you walk in, you're just like, oh shit, here we go. It's like, wel- <laughs> welcome to the slaughterhouse. Like that, <laughs> that's not good either because <laughs> then you're just focused on not dying all the time and you're not really learning or growing. So I think you got to have a balance where you train is part of that, but a lot of it is also on you. And sometimes I think people are just switching academies because they're instantly pointing the finger at my training partners aren't this or they're not that when really the problem is, is internal and how they go about approaching their jiu-jitsu. But it's awesome. It sounds like you had a really good first experience. Um, I think there was other people taking a trial class the same day as you were. So it's, it's hard for me to remember kind of your first class or some of our earlier I know people joined in my first week, but I don't know. If, I think I was the only one that day. Were you? I don't remember. Um, it seems to me like, I think because you're in the academy so often um, and, and more than once a day, um, it, I knew the answer to how long you've been training when I asked, but it seems like it's been twice as long. Like <laughs> four months is, is not that long at all. And it's like, God, Ashley's always there. So... That's really cool. So it's, it sounds like you had a, a good first experience. And, um, you know, for any females who may be listening, there's probably no females listening who don't currently do jiu-jitsu because why in the hell would they be listening to a jiu-jitsu podcast? But perhaps they have a, uh, a husband or a boyfriend, significant other, roommate, friend, whatever, who's listening to this podcast in their vicinity and they're, they're hearing you. What would you tell girls who are on the fence or maybe have never even had the inclination to like even try jujitsu. If you could have a 30 second sales pitch to the female populace, what would it be? And go. It would be really hard to boil it to 30 seconds, but I'll try. Well, you already wasted 10. (laughs) (laughs) Story of my life. (laughs) So I would tell them that it's rather than spend the money on going to a gym you are going to get so much more out of um, the time that you're spending in the academy, not just for your physical health, but also for your mental health, being a part of something bigger than yourself, basically, just to touch on that again. And um, 
learning self-defense, feeling like uh, I'm maybe I won't be as afraid, you know, when I'm on my own in a dark alley, like not saying that. Are you, freq- are you frequently in dark alleys? Is, is, is that what you and the other PTA know, moms just, just kind of hang out, the girls' no. night in the alley? Um, and also that jujitsu is for everyone. It's not just for really big pro wrestling guys or, you know what I mean? Like well, That's you know. great because I would be screwed. <laughs> it's a podcast and I'm aware that you people can't see me, but I'm not a large man by any means. And uh, so that is really good. Um, it's interesting you talk about self-defense because there are some academies out there that are 100% focused on the self-defense, and uh, ours is not that. We're probably more towards the sports side. However, um, do you feel four months in that should something happen right now that you're more prepared than you were four months ago? I'm not saying that you're going to you know totally you know kick this mugger's ass and take his wallet, right? But do you, do you have a... Is it already easier for you to walk through the parking lots and, you know, those apparently dark alleys you and your other mom friends hang out in? Uh, are you feeling a little bit more confident um, right now with the skill set you have? Yes. I don't think I could. I don't think I could maybe hurt someone so much, especially if it was like a bigger guy trying to hurt me. But if someone was coming after me, I think that I could get away with the skills that I've learned so far I think I know how to defend myself a little bit better and say for instance someone put their entire body weight on top of me I'd be able to get out because I I'm a lot stronger and I know certain techniques to get out of those compromising situations whereas before when you get I mean as a woman you know with a really big guy coming at you, it's really terrifying, and um, y- you kind of don't think. And I think jujitsu has taught me that I can use my brain even when I'm terrified. Does that make sense? I'm sorry. You can use your what? <laughs> use my brain. I am waiting desperately <laughs> for the moment on the mat when I see that happen, but it's not it's your a fault. Daily struggle. It, it, it's. it's the white belt blues yeah. no it's uh, your, your jiu-jitsu has come quite a ways um and that's something i want to talk about in later episodes um so you were a new student no experience to taking competition to um so you've, you've definitely evolved um i know this because I, I i watch and then i've had other people come to me like oh ash is really starting to get it you know like it's she's she's gonna be tough or she's gonna be so i mean you're moving in the right direction so um, it, it's good to hear. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> wasn't built in a day. <laughs> well, is it your turn now? Do we get to ask you these questions now and take the heat off of me a little bit? <laughs> I mean, I suppose. Uh, so I, I guess, where, where do you want to start? Okay. So I think a good place to start would be, when did you start training? Um, I've been involved in the martial arts my entire life. Um, and so from the earliest, I remember that more so than like early walking. Um, but how many years is that? That's not important. It is important. Uh, I would say probably the better part of, let's see, how old am I now? Carry the one. <laughs> so, um, yeah, 30, 32 years mm-hmm. of, of just martial arts in general. Um, over that time. So we have some very influential people in in my family who are involved in martial arts, whether it be uh, judo, karate, whatever. Um, So that's just kind of what what I was exposed to as a kid. You know, uh, my parents weren't real into football or we'd go to a baseball game or whatever, but, I mean, we weren't that into it. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, like I said, there's just some, some key people in my upbringing who were diehard devout martial artists and uh that just kind of it's been what i know um so yeah by time so by 18 i had already been heavily involved in uh kyokushin karate uh judo taekwondo and uh so i guess i was 19 when i started jiu-jitsu so 
this being a jiu-jitsu podcast, that might be more interesting um, to some people, even though I firmly believe judo and jiu-jitsu are almost exactly the same thing. But we will save that for another episode. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I started jiu-jitsu, I was 19. The, The guys I was running around with were all older than me, and they had become drinking age. So they were going to bars and doing things, and I was unable to go. Um, so I needed to do something else. I had already been, like I said, I was doing the, the Kyokushin thing and uh, full contact kickboxing and, and doing some competition there. And uh, someone was like, man, you really need to get into MMA. And I remember when I was a little kid, and it's like every jiu-jitsu has the same story. They saw UFC 1. They saw Hoist Gracie get out there in this like makeshift cage in his gi, this tiny little dude, and he was just choking people out and he won. And then they knew they wanted to do jujitsu. That's where my story stops from everyone else's. I didn't watch that and go, man, I want to do jujitsu. I watched that and went, man, his judo looks really weird. That was, <laughs> I was like, man, he's, he's not that good at judo. Like, like it was just different for me. Um, and then and we're talking, you know, 15, 16 years ago, jujitsu just wasn't super prevalent in the United States. If you could find a black belt instructor in the United States, then it's like you found a unicorn. Mm-hmm. It, it would be more common to find like a blue belt or a purple belt who was maybe teaching in a YMCA or whatever. That was kind of the more common thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, so I was I was doing the kickboxing thing. Um, I, was, I was doing actually fairly well there and I really enjoyed it. Someone's like, man, you need to get an MMA. And like, you you know judo and you wrestled in high school. I, I think it's important to anyone who, who knows me or who went to high school with me, it's important to point out that when I say I wrestled in high school, I was on the team. I I wasn't exactly the captain or, <laughs> or overly talented. <laughs> I, I was there and uh, I was there because I was the only person who could make 103 pounds. So again, I'm not a large man. Uh, yeah, there was, it was an uncontested spot to be 103 pounds on that wrestling team. So yeah, I had, I had some wrestling experience. I had some good coaches and I picked up some things, but like, um, nothing like some of the guys that train with us, we've got, uh, we've got state champions at our school. We've got, um, you know, guys who wrestled at a college level. Um, they grew up with it the way I grew up with martial arts. Those, those guys are three or four years old. They put their wrestling boots home for the first time. Mm-hmm. That is not my background. We don't want to portray that to anyone out there. Uh, when it came to wrestling, I was the worst in the wrestling room at all times, <laughs> the smallest in the wrestling room at all times. I think the girl who did the stats management for our team was actually larger than me. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. That, so, yeah, I had... Um, keep repeating myself here I I kid decided that like okay I'll look into this MMA thing Um, I was 19 so I knew everything and in my mind I was the world's most dangerous man Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. I got out the phone book yes I'm older we used phone books (laughs) and I uh, I wanted to look up jujitsu and the first thing I saw was uh, was a Gracie Baja, like, and you know, they're everywhere, but at Mm -hmm. the time I didn't know that. And I remember going, Gracie, that was the little dude with the funny judo, right? (laughs) Like, all right, well, I truly believed that when I went in there, he was going to be there. (laughs) Because if you don't know anything about jiu-jitsu, you don't realize that, like, that's a huge team around the world Mm -hmm. or that there's, you know, one million people with that last name. So I called, um... I called and they scheduled the trial class and they're like, do you have any experience? Uh, keep in mind, 19 knows everything. Um, yes, I have experience. <laughs> do you have a gi? Yes, I have a gi. Okay. What belt are you? Black belt. <laughs> I should have included in judo in that phone call, <laughs> but I didn't. Um, so, you know, suddenly they were like, oh yeah, man, come on in. Like you, it's not a trial class. Just come hang out, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I show up and uh, I take my my judo gi and my black belt, and uh, I get there and they realize it's a judo gi, and they're like, "Oh, well, we're gonna throw you in the beginner's class then." And I was like, uh, "Hello, do you see this black belt? Like, I'm <laughs> clearly not a beginner." <laughs> and the the guy was very nice, and he was like, "We know, but like." just so you can see how we do things, we'll go with the beginner's class. So I, I jumped into that beginner's class. 
Uh, warm up is pretty standard. You know, it's kind of the same in, in judo clubs everywhere. Um, certain things are slightly different. And the instruction portion was, you know, with it being jiu-jitsu, it's on the floor. So I'm like, okay, this is more like the newaza or the, the ground portion of judo, which is cool. Like, I'm, I'm good with that. But then when it was time to roll, and so I asked you about your first roll. My first roll, I will never forget, she was, it was a she. Uh, <laughs> she was a purple belt, which I also thought was kind of silly. Like, purple? <laughs> and she was probably about 35 or 36 years old. And uh, her name is Kathleen. Kathleen, I don't know if you still jujitsu. If you do, you're probably like a super badass black belt by now. Um, and thank you. Thank you for setting me on a career path. <clears throat> but long story short, Kathleen beat the living shit out of me. <laughs> uh, just mopped me up, twisted me up, choked me, twisted me in every direction. Uh, every time I had something to say, like, well, if we were standing, I would have thrown you or this or that <laughs> or the other. Um, <clears throat> so finally they were like... <clears throat> Excuse me. Finally, they were like, okay, yeah, stand up. And I was like, done. Like, <laughs> rest in peace, Kathleen. <clears throat> so I, I grabbed a hold of Kathleen, and uh, I just stepped into a really nice Sotogari and, and, like, put her down. And that's where it all went wrong. Because <laughs> I still had my hand on that collar off the throw, and, like, I looked up, like, at the instructor almost to give him, like, that, hmm, check me out. <laughs> at which point... That hand on the collar became the victim of Kathleen's wicked arm bar. And that one, came, <laughs> she didn't like being thrown. And uh, it came on hard and quick. And there was a, maybe a little snap crackle in there. <laughs> and uh, that was the last roll. I held my elbow. I stood at the end with the white belts and my black belt. Oh, so I should point that out. In the beginning of the class, they let me stand up in front to stroke my ego a little. <laughs> I positioned myself at the end with the white belts. At the, I, I had realized where I rated that I should not be near Kathleen. Wow. And I remember they asked if I wanted to sign up and I said, I need to think about it. <clears throat> so I went out and I sat in my car and I just sat there for a while. Mm -hmm. Just really confused. Um, Cause here I am, I'm a fairly accomplished martial artist. Uh, I've already competed kickboxing and, you know, done those things. Um, and here's this soccer mom who just all intents and purposes whooped my ass. Mm -hmm. And while I'm sitting there in my car, I actually watch her walk out and get in like this Honda Odyssey minivan with a Gracie Baja <laughs> sticker on the back. And I'm like, well, she's actually a soccer mom. Like that, <laughs> that was terrible. Um, and I remember driving home and uh, it was just a mix of emotions. So my experience was totally different than yours. Mm -hmm. um, I was 19 and so angry. Um, no one's ever really manipulated me that way before mm -hmm. um but also intrigued because the guys i had been training judo with and wrestling with weren't slouches they were really good mm -hmm. um and there was something about the movement and the transitions that uh that old kathleen had put on me um that i was like man it's kind of like what you said with jen like i want to be like that mm -hmm. i thought to myself this woman was just seamless moving from position to position and I felt like I was chasing her the whole time and mm -hmm. the harder I chased her the harder she hurt me mm -hmm. um so I went back in like the very next day and it was it was pretty funny because as I walked in the couple of guys like who were hanging around at the counter they did like the slow clap the, you know the <laughs> um <laughs> And I signed up, you know, mm -hmm. I just, I, I slid the credit card across the counter and I'm like, let's do it. Um, let's get after it. And, uh, that was man, 18, 18 years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, and during that time, if you would have ever told me that this will be your profession and how you provide for yourself. And, uh, I wouldn't have believed you because while I really enjoyed it, um, I had no intentions of being a lifetime jujitsu student. Mm -hmm. I was going to go in. I was going to kick Kathleen's ass one day. <laughs> uh, I love you, Kathleen. <laughs> and I was, uh, I basically did what most young guys who come into my academy do. They, uh, I'm just here to learn some stuff, but really my main focus is MMA. And um, even in the beginning, I kind of fought them on, like, I don't really want to train in the gi because I want to be a cage fighter, mm -hmm. like, uh, like all 19-year-olds at the time. Um, I had no interest 
in doing this. But out of respect, I was like, oh, respect for you and your school and your system. I'm going to do it your way. Like, I'm going to put this white belt on and whatever and just kind of humbled myself. Um, but I never thought I would do jujitsu for the rest of my life. You know, I, I thought I would be done at some point or move on to other things and become the, you know, world's smallest UFC champion ever, <laughs> which uh, never happened. But it uh, turns out I actually like jujitsu a lot more than getting hit in the face, um, <laughs> which is cool. So, yeah, that was that was kind of my first class. Um, and that was, was quite a while ago. Uh, my first experience, I don't think it's going to be the same uh, because, like I said, I walked in and it more or less looked like a judo club, you know, like I, I knew to bow onto the mat. I, I knew to not walk on the mat with my shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some different customs and things that, you know, like um, the particular academy I had signed up at, they wanted you to shake everyone's hand when you got on the mat. That wasn't not normal for me. So I got on the mat and I started stretching and um, yeah, just, it was little things like that. Um, they, they, I know a lot of academies do this thing where, uh, it's become a horrible pet peeve of mine where like you turn your back to tie your belt so that you never tie your belt in front of your instructor. And mm. we're going to talk about that on another episode. Mm. Um, but yeah, I didn't do that either. Like that, <clears throat> that's a, it was just small adjustments, but like, as far as the warm up goes, most of the jujitsu warmups are kind of standard judo club warmups. You're not doing anything super innovative. Um, just variations of things, you know, mm-hmm. but I was a bit disappointed that we were not doing um, takedowns. You know, I thought that's really where I excel as a judoka, and I wanted to be able to do that. But then, you know, kind of talking to the professor in charge there, probably about week two or whatever, I was like, man, we don't ever work takedowns here. And he goes, well, because the takedown is only the first minute, two minutes of the fight, you know, like, and – we do work takedowns here in the more advanced classes. So right now we're trying to give you a foundation of jujitsu and then later we'll teach you how to get there. And I was like, okay, that totally makes sense. And, um, the way that that was kind of explained to me, I'm like, I'm here to learn jujitsu. So I shouldn't come and waste the class time with something that I've been doing pretty much my whole life anyway, Mm -hmm. you know? So, um, that, that worked out well for me. Um, you know, I had, I, I was really, really fortunate at that time. Um, a lot of, High-level guys came through. Um, Gracie Baja is, is good about that. It's a very large organization, lots of world champions, lots of quality black belts and instructors, and they just circulate. Mm-hmm. Um, and I stayed with Gracie Baja for years, um, for quite all the, all the way to my purple belt. Mm-hmm. And then I relocated somewhere else, and there just wasn't a, a Gracie Baja available. And, uh, you know, kind of get into this a little bit more in, in a latter episode, but... Fate just kind of, I had checked out a couple different other associations and things and, um, you know, things just kind of came together and, and Professor Hobson and I actually ended up not just becoming training partners, but becoming actually very close friends. And uh, so uh, maybe we might be able to get him on here too in the latter episode. But Do you want to touch base on how often you were training when you first started? Uh, I, I was doing what you're doing. Um, I was, every day it was open. Mm-hmm. Every class they would allow me to go to. Um, And then early on, I also volunteered to help with the kids' class. Okay. Which, uh, if you're listening and you're at a jiu-jitsu academy, they will try to get you to teach the kids' class and (laughs) package it like some sort of great honor or learning experience. (laughs) Run. Don't... (laughs) Don't do it. <laughs> I don't know if have you seen those. Um, oh, not not Matt Damon. What's the other guy? There are these memes of like uh, what, Ben get, Affleck. Ben when you Affleck. get your blue belt. No, 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 no. No. There's you gotta you gotta Google the the Ben Affleck kids jujitsu memes, and it's always okay. him like five o'clock shadow and like drunk <laughs> and like cigarette hanging out of his mouth, and it's like it's just, they take every like rough Ben Affleck scene from any movie and they make a meme about teaching teaching kids jujitsu. Um, and that's hilarious and it's, it's true. Um, but to this day, I still, as a black belt, I teach all the kids classes in my academy. I have not pawned them off. Um, there are days where it's a struggle. There are days where you have to stop the class and make, please don't lick the wall. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, that was actually or your partner. That was actually Ashley's class. I was talking about. She licked the wall. So <laughs> I did not do that. <laughs> uh, no, teaching kids is tough, um, but it it is it is a lot of fun. Um, you know, just for a perfect example of having your daughter on the mat the very first time putting her feet down on the mat scared her. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's a little girl who's been in the academy every day for three months watching mommy do jujitsu and still getting on the mat was tough. Mm-hmm. Um, and now she doesn't need anyone's help. Mm-hmm. Now we were doing arm bar escapes the other day and she has the steps down a little better than some of the kids who are six and seven who have been students of mine. So mm-hmm. um, it is super rewarding to teach kids jujitsu. <clears throat> It does get frustrating, um, and, and, and it does definitely wear on you. I'll never lie and tell you, like, oh, it's the greatest job on earth. Like, no, it's, it, it is the greatest job on earth, but it's any job has has days where you're like, man, I yeah. need a break. Well, um, and they're kids. Right. And you want to jump around and play. And absolutely. <laughs> and, and keeping kids focused for 60 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, some academies do shorter class times for kids. Uh, I have explored that option, but... I'm thinking if we can get them used to 60 minutes now, then we're helping out those school teachers getting these kids to sit through a 60 minute class mm-hmm. or and, and at least we can get them up and get them moving. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll, we've already had some people kind of, Hey, when you guys get this podcast going out, I, I would like to talk about this or that. Some of them are parents of jujitsu students. Some of them are jujitsu students with kids in the programs themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's some good stuff to talk about is, you know, kids, kids jujitsu, how to be a good jujitsu supportive parent um, and or coach. Uh, that's one of the things I do want to do in this podcast. There are no jujitsu podcasts that are addressing other academy owners or other instructors. And I've been teaching full time on my own as an academy owner for I just hit 10 years recently. Um, so a decade. Oh, damn, I'm old. <laughs> that's, a, that's a long time. Um and in that 10 years, I've done a lot of things wrong, and I've done some things right. And mm-hmm. um, and then I've done a lot more things right as a result of doing things wrong. And I think that's some good information to put out there, too, um, for other people who are involved. We always want to learn from each other's mistakes. We Absolutely. Um, except for white belts. You guys will all watch and be told, and then you will do it wrong anyway. So sometimes you do have to just... <laughs> the best way to learn is to get put in that position and be like, right. oh, well, crap, I... Well, he told me I shouldn't do this, and I did it anyways. And well, exactly right. what he said would happen happened. I yeah, I, I probably <laughs> say I told you so <laughs> more than anything else in that white belt class. But the cool thing <laughs> is, is yes, we we like to tease white belts. The entire jujitsu community likes to tease white belts, right? I mean, there are memes, there are T-shirts, there are you know, uh, I have. I have a black belt friend in um, in Arizona, and uh, he's at the Megaton Academy, and his name is Cecil Birch. Cecil, if you're listening, um, keep doing cool stuff. Cecil is one of the coolest jiu-jitsu guys I know. We need to get him on here because he has a much different perspective on jiu-jitsu than a lot of people. That's Write that down. We want to, we're going to get Cecil Birch on here. Um, but Cecil used to make the joke, you're not really even a person until you're a blue belt, right? And... Uh, but it's totally a joke. But it's fun for us to poke at white belts, and here's why. Not because we're egotistical or whatever, but because everyone you ever will meet with a black belt on was a white belt. Mm-hmm. All the dumb shit that you guys do, <laughs> we did, right? Like, it. maybe not all of it. Like, in your case, you might go a little extra in the dumb <laughs> shit department but um no we, we've all done it we all had the first rough class the pushing with the wrong leg on the hip escape like just rolling like a total you know wacko like um we've all done it and so for us when we make the jokes it's not the joke is nothing about you really it's like man that was me like now i i can see why my first professor must have rolled his eyes so many times that it he's lucky they're not stuck in the back of his head. I know? feel like that sometimes. Uh, actually, <laughs> after class the other day, my eyes were stuck in the back of my head, and I had to wait like twenty minutes to drive home. Like your your performance <laughs> was that visually appalling. <laughs> I could feel. Yes, I could tell that that was it was a terrible class. So. I think, <laughs> I think that's what's so special about. This podcast is because I'm really a soccer mom. 
right? Like it, it for all senses and purposes, I have a three and a half year old. Um, Who doesn't play soccer, by the way. Yeah, well, you know what I mean. Like, it's just a metaphor, but you know, I'm I'm a mom. That's, You're an aspiring Kathleen. Yeah, that's that's basically. I'm 31 years old. I'm I walking into that academy. Everybody should have turned around and been like, "What is this lady doing here?" Like, she's old. She's probably gonna break herself. She should probably just turn around and walk out. Like, there's all these really young wrestler guys and. I just was like, I really want to do that. I want to feel strong and powerful like they are. And I want to be able to put people in compromising positions like they do. And so. Be honest. It was the cool uniforms, like the the, <laughs> the murder pajamas that, that <laughs> sold you, right? Like, Man, these guys have the coolest threads on. Well, honestly, like my fingers hurt so bad that first month that like I would just go home and put them in ice cold water. They hurt. <laughs> I'm not joking. It hurts so bad. And uh, like you saw me, like every time I came to class, I was taping all my knuckles. Like it was from the gi. Like it hurts so bad. And I'd never, I'd never gripped anything like that before. So if you're a female and you're listening and you were about to do jujitsu and Ashley just <laughs> ruined it for you, uh, go ahead and stop listening now and we'll be more positive next week. <laughs> well, like, next episode. No, that happens to everyone. Um, if you're not, yeah. I think, I think that's one of the advantages of being a judoka when I came over. It was like my hands were already beat to shit. Like mm-hmm. that was it. Like they, they've never been soft. They're rough. My, my grip is ridiculous. Uh, even wrestlers are like, man, this is crazy. Like mm-hmm. I, it's just, it's a different set of grips. And you get those, uh, what, what do you call this thing here? The little space under your fingernails cuticle yeah. right oh. yeah cuticles right <laughs> okay like those those like you know splinter and bleed and whatever um and and you'll see the guys who've been doing jujitsu like they get there earlier and they just start taping everything mm-hmm. and you're like man they're old or whatever <laughs> nope they're just smart those guys are taping fingers that aren't even injured that way they don't get injured yeah. right that's just super smart and uh one day i'll reach that level of intelligence because i still don't do it uh, <laughs> but i should well, you say this too, like injuries are usually self-induced because we're not warming up properly. We're rolling over our neck. And I did that for like at least a month as well when I was doing the warm-ups wrong. And like I looked like a splayed starfish. Just to be clear, we all told her she was doing the warm-ups wrong. <laughs> it wasn't bad supervision or instruction. It was just... It was uh, just me. Yeah. Just, yeah. Um, just white belts doing white belt things. But I think it's really important that people know how terrible I am right now. Because I will not quit. I am going to still do jiu-jitsu. It doesn't matter how many people tell me how spazzy I am, how terrible I am. Every time that someone says that, it just spurs me to keep going. Okay, so they're saying that I'm doing this wrong, or they're they're saying that I'm still super spazzy, or that I'm going too fast. I need to go back and, and go to another class. I need to add to my training, or I need to roll more with this person, or I need to drill these things more because I'm obviously not getting it. So, no, I'm I, I'm not quitting. I'm not going anywhere. It's I think it's really important that people know that. <laughs> Much to your dismay. Yeah, <laughs> this isn't a video podcast, but you can't just see the wave of <laughs> damn that just came over me. Well, you asked me to quit at least once a week and my answer is always to no. To be fair, I don't ask you to quit. I tell you you can quit. Yes. Right. And say that's and that's definitely a, a topic for for a latter episode, but mm. yes, y- you can quit. Mm-hmm. Like you, anyone can quit and and a lot of people do. Uh, there's um, been so many days where I leave and I'm like, nope. I can't go back. Like this is so hard. So hard. Should I do that night on the school? (laughs) You know, like. Yeah, but that is what makes jujitsu so great. It is so challenging. And we don't have enough of that in our life. No, no. I think as as adults now, um, you wake up and you you get the kids ready for school. If you have them, if you don't, you know, you're taking out the, the, taking the pet out. Breakfast, work. And then it's home and it's Netflix or Hulu. Um and you just get caught into this trap mm-hmm. where, like, I, I'm i not really huge on social media. I, I struggle to post mm-hmm. or to care what other people are posting. But um, I do always find it interesting when I see people I knew from my childhood and see where they're at in life. And, uh, man, like, it's not always good, yeah. you know. Where, like, at, at 37 years old, 
Um, I'm not in great shape. I don't look like I'm about to win the CrossFit Games. I I, uh, I have the father figure going on. Uh, <laughs> I I don't eat super clean. You know, um, you are way better about that than I do. I am a, well, I'm the original. I think we should have a panda. whole episode on can, your eating. We habits. can. We can do that. We will just one day. I will. Maybe I'll, we'll start a vlog. I I'm tell you pretty what, sure a lot of people would be interested in this. Well, you know what? Uh, <laughs> I'm not alone. I saw a documentary once where Gary Tonin, uh, and I know you don't even know who that is. Gary I Tonin. do know who that is. Oh, oh, And oh, I've seen his me. fights. And have you seen him? <laughs> okay, well, let's just be clear. I'm not putting myself in the realm of Gary Tonin <laughs> in, in skill or physique. But, like, there's a guy who was, like, just crushing McDonald's pre-training, you know? So, um, no, it, absolutely diet and taking care of yourself is important. Where I was going with this is, um, I don't, I don't look like a lot of guys my age. Mm. Um, I have managed to stay more or less younger. Um, I don't have so many, so many guy friends my age who are like they're in a, a beer league softball or something, and like torn rotator cuff or blown mm. ACL. Um, and we what we didn't point out is by date. Ashley actually works in the physical therapy arena of some sorts with a bunch of words I don't understand and doing things <laughs> I don't get. But so, I mean, you had to have seen a lot of guys like in, in that 30 to 40 age range with yes. dumb injuries. We call them weekend warriors. Right. So you get the like, I play flag football with the boys and I blow my knee out or it's something. It's more like, oh, I used to do this back in my prime. They, they try to go play flag football sure. on the weekends and they come in with, you know, blown and ACL. Those guys ACL. turn out to be way more injured than... You know, me and the boys who are just on the mat every day. Because they're Netflixing and chilling or whatever the kids say these days. No, 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 no. (laughs) Let's let's keep it PG. Old Dirty Ash. (laughs) There'll be no Netflix and chill on this podcast. Sorry, kids. (laughs) Ash the white belt. You're going to take about 20% off there, bud. (laughs) So... Uh, no, I just think through jujitsu, like, could I eat better? Sure. Um, could I be in better shape? Yeah. Could I run if I was being chased? But (laughs) (laughs) just jujitsu going in and getting on the mat every day, um, does allow me to enjoy my life a little bit better. Um, I can eat some of the things that I want to eat, not as guilt free. Um, yeah, but I mean, it's really important that people also know that you did used to compete and you did used to cut weight and you did all of those things which you're you're in a different season of life whereas I I want to do those things I'm aspiring to do those things so you are able to do what you're doing with your lifestyle and eating like trash and I want to run trash was a bit extreme (laughs) I just enjoy the finer processed things oh my goodness finer they are processed yes I included that for you Mm -hmm, thank you so yeah, no, we've, uh, I think, you know, we're, we're coming up right around the one hour mark here. I think we've, uh, we've talked about a, a lot of good stuff. And so now people at least know who we are and what not mm-hmm. to expect. If you've suffered through all 58 <laughs> minutes of this so far and you're like, these guys are idiots and I want to hear more about jujitsu drama and events and I want to trash the IBJJF rules mm-hmm. and all that, this isn't the podcast for you. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are looking to, more or less just kind of sit down and, and chill with you got a, a white belt female and a, a black belt male, two very different perspectives, life experiences, um, and just talking about jujitsu. And uh, we we have some good topics that we want to cover here in the future. And we've got some really cool friends that um, we're making along the way. Um, uh, you can't be in this sport as long as I have and not make great friends. So I've got a lot of cool people lined up that I do want to get involved here. Um, if this is, more your speed than than dojo storm is for you um, if not there are some other really good podcasts out there that i don't listen to because <laughs> i don't think they're really good but <laughs> i often have a the unpopular opinion so uh yeah i think that was pretty good and so we we pretty much covered what brought you into jiu-jitsu um we just want something that's relatable right and uh and fun i i want to have fun at any time, if this podcast stops being fun, then I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I want to leave this final like thought nugget with you there. Um, did you ever see any of the Stuart Cooper jiu-jitsu videos on YouTube? No. Oh, those are really good. I have to show them to you. But So Stuart Cooper is a uh, jiu-jitsu guy, um, 
I think he was a brown belt when he was doing this. So he's probably a black belt by now. But a fantastic filmographer. And he made these videos where he interviewed a bunch of people and put some cool footage together to some super cool music. Um, and there was a part on there where he got Dean Lister on. And um, Dean is a guy I definitely want to get on here because I, I did have the opportunity to train with Dean years ago. And I picked up some things that are still in my game that I teach to you guys. Um, but anyway, tangent over. Dean says in there, he quotes him, he says, um, you know, and, and we'll try to put the link somewhere so you guys can see this because I'm going to mess it up for sure. But he said something about like the average human gets up to work a job to buy things they don't need um, or th they don't want. And uh, that's just not what we're designed to do as humans. And uh, mm -hmm. if you don't like something, don't do it, mm -hmm. you know, and I think that's important. Um and that's, that's how I feel about this podcast. I, I've had a lot of fun here this past, uh, and we've crossed the hour mark. Um, you know, it's been a lot of fun. And that's how I feel about jujitsu. Like, there's going to come a day where maybe there may be a day where I just, I don't love it anymore. Mm -hmm. And I, and I may stop, but I don't see that day any, anywhere, anytime soon mm -hmm. because I'm still learning. I, I will teach you guys something. And while I'm teaching, I will have just seen another level, another grip, another layer to what I'm doing. I just saw a better way to do this. And I have to hide my excitement mm. so that you guys don't think that this guy, like, he doesn't even know. Look at him. He doesn't. <laughs> like, but that's the cool thing with jiu-jitsu. It's, it's a living, breathing thing. It's always evolving. It's always growing. Um, so, And that's what I want this podcast to be, too. So we start with, you know, who we are and why we're doing this and just kind of keep it relaxed and fun and then uh you know we'll kind of we're going to try to get this website up and launched so people can write in if they've got specific questions um because i know that you and i sooner or later will run out of things to probably not but i know you definitely won't and you ask a lot of questions so well, i'll just keep answering as long as you have you questions full of stupid questions as well well you know um, how else do you learn? White belt's going to white belt, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> <that's> <laughs> Well, I think it's it's interesting that you said that you would stop doing jujitsu if you don't love it anymore because something that I've learned even in just my four months is that people go through slumps, and I think that we'll probably talk about that on another episode. Absolutely, absolutely. you've touched on your slumps in your past. There have been many. So I think that'll be interesting for yeah. people, too, that you got to push through those or take a break when you need to and come yeah. back. Well, and so before we end with that then, and that be the last thing someone hears like, Oh man, Dojo storm podcast said it's okay <laughs> to quit or <laughs> Ash, the white belt said it's okay to take a break. I said, I would walk Feel free to never listen to anything. I say, I obviously know nothing. I, I try very hard, <laughs> but you're very loud. So <laughs> what, what's important is to recognize the difference between a slump and a hard time and when you just truly don't love something anymore mm. right there's a yeah there's a time true. where when man my jujitsu is not going well or i don't feel like i'm learning um that's the time to pivot and be like okay how do i approach it different maybe more home study maybe more um playing with positions i hate or maybe like you know one of the best things i ever did uh, as a, a purple belt and i was teaching a teaching classes is uh, I kind of went through this and, and we'll get more in depth on a, a later episode. But like I felt that slump coming and I was like, man, I'm just going to quit, man. I'm just going to go do the MMA thing. Cause like jujitsu is just not blowing my hair back anymore. I don't, mm -hmm. I don't really care. And uh, I was talking on um, Facebook messenger with a buddy of mine. We were same rank at, at the time. And um, he's down in San Diego and he runs Hanu Jitsu. His name's Brandon. Um, Brandon, Brandon, if you're listening, I know you're listening. Brandon has been one of the biggest supporters of everything I've ever done. And uh, years ago, we're purple belts. I'm like, dude, I think I'm just going to quit. And um, Brandon was like, dude, go take the white belt class. Mm. And I was like, why in the would I do that? Mm. And he's like, just go. And uh, I went, and I got kneed in the nuts and elbowed in the teeth. And, you know, <laughs> everything smashed and my hair pulled. And it was just total chaos and pandemonium. <laughs> but I had fun. And I'm like, oh, man, like, okay. So th there's, there's ways to get around your slumps. Um, you can always usually talk to your... Professor, and be, hey man, my training's kind of coming to a kind of coming to a plateau right now. Um, 
So what I was saying is it's not okay to, okay to quit jujitsu. If you hit those slumps or you're not feeling good about it, for one, speak up. Mm-hmm. Don't suffer in silence on the couch and, and like speak to your teammates, your favorite training partner, your uh, what, what are the Instagram guys called? Your role mate instead of your soulmate. <laughs> um, you know, always always talk to the professor in charge or um, sensei if you're in a judo academy or excuse me, judo club. Um, so there's a big difference of just when you don't love it and when you're having a hard time. Mm. And I, I don't know if that moment will ever come that don't love it thing. Cause I think you can love things. There's levels to that too. Right. Or like, um, there could be a transition where I may not be in the Academy six days a week anymore. I, I might start to do other things. Um, a couple months ago, I stopped teaching kickboxing and training MMA fighters. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't love it anymore. And that kind of gave me time to focus more on jiu-jitsu. And our academy became completely a jiu-jitsu-only academy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So I don't want anyone to think, like, I'm telling you to quit, you know. Like, um, no, don't. Jiu-jitsu is going to be something you do your whole life, you know. And you, and you should do your whole life. But, yeah, I think that's it. Uh for episode one um that was it that was the dojo storm podcast um if people want to find you on social media how, how do they do it where do they where do they go um well right now we are on instagram as dojo ash and dojo shane right so that is uh, i think yours is does it Dojo. dojo underscore i think so yeah dojo underscore ash on instagram she has a whopping two whole pictures up um, so she is killing the social media game yeah, right now. I'm super good at it. And 36 followers. Yeah. Man, you are on it. I'm on it. Um, and then uh, uh, if you want to see pictures of my cat, my horrible car, or the trash that <laughs> Ashley says that I eat, uh, I am at dojo underscore Shane. And then the podcast itself has one, and it is just... Ooh, let me make sure I get this right. It is Dojo Storm Podcast, all one word, no underscores. And uh, we'll be posting things up on there as well. And maybe if we can get our act together, we'll get to a video format. Or maybe just put some stories up. <laughs> maybe I will record Dojo Ash doing the warm-ups tomorrow for your entertainment. And we can post them. It's a terrible idea. I think that's what the people want. I think maybe the people want to see you doing warm-ups. I don't think I've seen you do warm-ups since I've been at the Academy. Oh, that's going to hurt. That's going to hurt. Oh, no. Yeah, see, that was one of those dumb white belt moments where you're like, say it, and then you can't unsend that bullet. It's all right. I'll get my booty kicked tomorrow in class, and I'll learn a lot of stuff. Yeah, that's it. So we're going to end there. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and cut this transmission and probably submit Ash right now. So, (laughs) hey, thanks a lot if you have suffered with us for, man, an hour and eight minutes now. Um, We appreciate the support. Thank Um, you. We will be putting some links up to do some donations and things. Everything has been out of our pocket, all the equipment, all the time. Uh, the editing, the hosting, everything, this is all on us. So we have no sponsors. Um, If you are some sort of business and you have a product you want to get out there, um, contact us. We'd love to help you out, and it helps us too. So um, thank you very much for hanging with us. And uh, Ash, you have anything you want to say on the way out? No, I think you covered everything. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks again, and we will hear from you. You will hear from us in, I think, about two weeks. We're, We're looking to do... Maybe two a month if I don't kill Mm -hmm. her first. (laughs) So, all right, that's it. (laughs) And good night, everybody. Good night. Perfect.